Yo, what is going on, guys? Welcome back to The Reactive Entrepreneur, the show where we combine the tech world with the business world in the hopes to help you achieve your success. Today's guest is somebody in the video marketing agency world. He moved from Luxembourg to Dubai and set up several companies in the process. And we're going to dive into his story and how he grew his social media following to over 600,000 followers. Matthew, welcome to the show. Thank you, Sangha, for having me. Awesome to have you here. Firstly, Matthew, introduce yourself. What, is your, what, are, you, what are you about? So it's a big pleasure to be here. Thank today. you. Yes, um, I'm an entrepreneur since almost 2013 now. Perfect. So on my entrepreneurial journey, social media was always kind of a big thing, right? Yeah. So I started on connecting on Instagram, right? Uh, uh, starting my first YouTube channels, and uh, yes, based on that, later on I founded my first company, yep. which was a buying and selling company in, right. in, the, in the luxury space. Okay. okay? So where that, was that based as well? Whereabouts was? Did you set yeah. that up in Luxembourg or in Dubai? So my first, so the MVP, you could call it. Yeah, I started in Luxembourg. Okay. So once the whole thing got traction, yeah, I was thinking like, okay, Luxembourg is a small country. Yeah. So where should I move next? Okay? Right. And that was in 2018 actually, and um, I thought, yes, Dubai seems interesting. It has zero percent tax. Yeah. But there was always like something negative in the media yeah and then i tried out different places so i checked out the us yeah and in the end after visiting dubai it, it convinced me nice. just the, the ease of setting up as well yeah uh, it's especially like um if you open a freezer company yeah it's just a couple of thousands of dollars and yeah here you have everything so yeah that convinced me in the end nice and then you set up this company which was yep. called sellingcommunity.com Yes, was, correct. Yeah. Yep. What was that like? What was your journey? So starting your first ever company, what was the kind of experience like? And where where did that company end up? Yes, so it's uh, like most first companies, it's always everything is new, right? So yeah. um, a big part of my journey was to find the right team. Right. So I had the pleasure to work with great co-founders during yeah. that time. And we built also an application in React Native. Oh, nice. Hey, yeah. Dakota. <laughs> <laughs> yes, so I was learning as well from your videos. I was that's checking out awesome. your videos. Yeah. yeah. Nice. So, yeah, that's uh, how it started. And uh, we grew the company to 70,000 users. Yeah. So the mobile on the mobile app. That's awesome, yeah. Yeah. And uh, actually, you can still find the mobile app, but uh, it's more of a side project now. And when you initially built this app, it's a lot of people struggle to get users initially onto an app. How did you tackle that problem? How did you actually get your, you know, 70,000 users actually to use your app? And, and what was that like? Yes. So that's where my social media knowledge came in. Right. So because we didn't have capital. Yeah. So and without capital, you cannot just pay Facebook ads or Google ads. Yeah. So you have to go on, uh, over it organic. Okay. So we did it in an organic way where we built communities, um, Facebook groups, yeah. Instagrams, and we was able to to really um, uh, support this community. Right. So ultimately, why did this startup go in the wrong direction? Yeah. I would say because, uh, first of all, it was difficult to raise funds. Okay. So it wasn't innovative enough to yeah. raise funds, as you yeah. know, like. If you have bigger players that already waste millions, you yeah. cannot go to an investor and say, hi, uh, I need, um, I have this app with 70,000 users and mm -hmm. uh, it's working great. Everyone is happy, but I need more funds. Right. They're going to say, yeah, but why should I invest with you if another company already has 100 millions or 50, uh, 150 millions invested? Right. So, yeah, so that was um, kind of the roadblocks. Okay. 
And then on social media as well, um, as you know, with Facebook, Meta, everything got more complicated. Yeah. So a lot of the pages got shut down for IP and this yeah. and that. Yeah. Yeah. So there we ro- uh, run into roadblocks and ultimately it just stagnated. And right. um, as with every company, there's only two ways, either up or down. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. And of course, this is before the time of short form content was even a thing, right? Yeah. Yeah, okay. exactly. So then um, I was thinking, okay, what should I do next? Yeah. And uh, short format came. No, and no. Uh, there my brother also helped me a lot. Yeah. So because we was always working in the startup as well, and we are always side by side. Yeah. And uh, yes, so we started posting the short format. We okay. saw how it could go viral. On your profile, as in a personal profile, or is this where you you started your next page? Yes, so that's where I started designer community. Okay. okay. So designer community actually the page that has six hundred twenty thousand followers. Yeah. I started it in two thousand thirteen. Yeah. Okay. So in the beginning it was more like, oh, let me post nice photos, let me it was like sort of a blog, like a content curation blog. Okay. Okay. So we took this knowledge from content curation that we learned during that time yeah. and applied it to um, short format. Okay. So that would be like Oh, there's something in the news. Apple just released the new um, Vision Pro. Yeah. Let me make a video about it because right. it's hype. Yeah. So and that's how how it just all grew to this amount of followers nice. because we always jump on the viral trends. So you're literally you're jumping a lot on the viral trends or trend hacking in yeah. some sense, right? Exactly. Okay. Yeah. And how long have you had this channel open for? Yes, uh, since 2013. So that's almost I would say. 11 years, yeah. Okay, nice. <laughs> so it's, it's, it's been like a consistent growth throughout that period to get to where you are, or was it like a sudden boom? I would say a sudden boom was definitely when the short format came. Okay, yeah. nice. Previously, it was like you was around 100,000 followers. Yeah. And then the rest we did pretty much in one to two years. Yeah. Right. And something I noticed when I look at your, and every, everyone can actually go over to design a community on Instagram right now, yeah. have a look for themselves. But something I noticed is immediately it's catchy, engaging. It keeps me hooked when I watch your videos. Now, obviously, when you started, it wasn't initially like you don't just start at that quality. So yeah. how did you kind of, you know, iterate over time? Was it just creating different videos, trying it out, see what the retention was, see what the different views were? How did you kind of grow from like, you know, mastering? I think you honestly, you've got a solid format now, but how did you get there? Yes. So actually that's where it comes my brother in play also. Okay. Because my brother, he's someone that he likes to experiment more than me. I'm more like a business driven person, I guess. Yeah. And uh, he came up with this, um, it was like text to speech videos. Okay. And we posted them originally on TikTok. Right. Okay. And, um, on TikTok, they went super viral. Yeah. And then we was like, okay, so now we have this formula. So how can we add um, more of a business side? How can we add ourselves into that formula? Okay. So then I came in and I read the scripts and I filmed the videos and the community liked me and that's where we go. Okay. And uh, what made it about luxury brands? What was that? Why did you pick that topic? Okay. So luxury brands is something, I don't know how it's about you, but yep. we both grew up in Europe. Okay. Yep. And Europe is full of luxury brands. Um, yeah. You walk through the streets, you see Louis Vuitton, Dior. You go to school, everyone is looking at you, what you're wearing. So luxury fashion for me was always a big thing. Yeah. And uh, when you grow up, you want it so bad. Yeah. And then when you reach lo- older, you can buy it and stuff. 
Yeah. And yeah, you it's just influence. You are big uh, big influenced by it and uh, I I really got the passion for it. Yeah. And I feel like there's also a huge community that I'm speaking to. Yeah. So for me it was the right topic. I like how you started from communities before the short form content carried it over and now you've kind of built out this designer brand community yep. attached to your brand as well, which is really powerful. Now, I guess okay, so you follow, you've grown this following to this, you know, incredible amount. And uh, also just worth mentioning, you're on all the platforms. So TikTok, yes. YouTube Shorts, everything. Exactly, yes. Yeah. And so you've got this like pretty big following. How do you then go ahead and monetize it so you can do this thing day in, day out? Yes, correct. So as you know, um, Instagram, also YouTube and TikTok, they have very um, small monetization um, for their creators, unfortunately. Yeah. I hope that with uh, Twitter coming in and Elon Musk pushing, I hope that will change eventually yeah but at the moment it's not enough to survive just of the ad revenue right so what we did is um we went in and we said okay um how can we turn a business out of this and it became very clear that you can make a social media video marketing company yeah so we went in and we created that and now we are working with uh, very big clients as right. well and uh, nice. even if you know food court from kim kardashian uh, okay on the reality show so yeah we did a couple of videos for him as well. Nice. Still, still working on new ones. Yeah. And then also major clients. Um, I think also that's how we met. Yeah. 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 Exactly. Yeah. Big Mo. That's exactly, it. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. So we turned into that, and uh, we are really blessed that we we'll, we are able to do this in our time. Yeah. And uh, initially starting that journey off, how do you land a client in social? So obviously you started yeah. this. You know, you've seen an opportunity in the market. How do you go from okay, let, this is a cool idea to actually our first client, let's close them and get working with them. Yeah, so I want to really help your audience as well in this yeah. uh, journey. So if I would have to start again from zero, so from zero followers with nothing, what I would do is I would start to try to get a video viral because nowadays you don't need a lot of subscribers to yeah. get a video viral. Yeah. So you can have zero followers on YouTube, on uh, no, subscribers on YouTube, on zero followers on TikTok, on Instagram. Yeah. But still, your video can hit a million of million views, and that's new with this format. Yeah. So what I would do is I would first step try to get that uh, high numbers can be even twenty thousand for uh, views, sixty thousand views, something like that. Mm -hmm. Once I have that, I would go and try to DM or message other big people, right, and offer them a free video edit. Okay, nice. And then, I love that approach. Yeah. yeah. Once you have that, you go out and you go to major companies that you can identify in the market, okay, they, they don't have a lot of uh, videos going on. Mm -hmm. And then you say to them, okay, I worked with that big person in the space. Yeah, I'm a good video editor. I want to pitch my company to you. I want to work with you. And nice. then you try to close a retainer. Yeah. And then you're off. Then you are good. Yeah. I think that's a golden point at the end there, a retainer. So for anyone yeah. who doesn't know what retainer is, it's essentially month, monthly, like a monthly exactly. subscription style service for yeah. your to pay for your services, right? Yes. And that keeps you surviving and actually growing and doing what you're doing. Yes. That's awesome, man. I like that. So I would recommend to everyone the recurring aspect of business, right? Because you don't want to close one sale, even if it's a high amount, let's say $50,000, $100,000. Mm -hmm. And then for the rest of the next six months, you try to find another one, but you cannot find it. Yeah. So me, what I much rather, what, what I learned from my entrepreneurial journey is that it's better to do small amounts, let's say $3,000, $4,000, but do them like 
on a good with a good relationship every month. Nice. So maybe you can turn out of these four thousand dollars if you work with someone for ten months, you will make forty thousand dollars. Yeah, and uh, it's just much more stable, and you can uh, budget much better. So yeah, you can also hire much better. Let's say you have one contract now, you have another contract coming, and then you see, okay, I'm at capacity. Mm-hmm. Okay, let me hire a video editor. Yeah. But it works well because you have your contact, uh, you have your contracts in place, so yes. you're not falling down immediately. Yeah. Yeah. I really like this approach because I actually ran into that exact problem where all I was focusing on was the one-time deals, software gigs, that kind of thing, even sponsorships, and we started to pivot because I felt exactly like you said it was a lot of okay, this is good now, but where are we at in two, three, four, five months? How do I know that the business is going to survive? And, you know, it's kind of a gambling game at that point. Putting in a recurring model fixes that, gives your mind at ease, and then you can, like you said, invest in other areas. Yes. So you've landed, you know, as you're growing more and more clients, how do you then go ahead and scale so that way you're not taking on too much work and also keep it, like you want to, you don't want to obviously take on too much work and drop your quality. Yes. Right? Because that's what your brand is about. So what did you do to solve that and scale your team? So I would say something that make, puts me at a big advantage is the fact that I have a, fam- a family business. Okay. Right? I'm working with my brother. Yep. So to have one person 100% on your site that you can rely 100% on yep. is already amazing. So yeah. I'll be able to go out and make sales while he's taking care of the business, business internally, nice. managing the stuff. Yeah. So as you say, quality control is very important. But I feel like... Um, as you go, like when you teach people right, you you can make it happen. It's really not that difficult. And um, especially we live in a day and age that you can find good stuff on LinkedIn, on Upwork, on Fiverr. Yeah, It's a headache, but you will eventually find the right people. Yeah, Right. And how do you get them to kind of grow to become somewhat of a replica or introduce their own kind of style to your videos? Because obviously you don't want them to completely come in and change it. How do you fix that? Yes. Um, so basically... You have uh, something in Adobe Premiere Pro, so okay. it's called Frame.io. Yep. So that's a little bit like a Slack for, okay. for video editing. Nice. And you can put all your notes and it, of course, the first videos of a new editor go through a lot of revisions mm-hmm. until he reaches the level that we need him to, to be. Yep. And then uh, from there, it's okay. It's uh, it's short format video. It's not uh, too long. So we'll be able to get him there eventually. Yes. And when did you think it was big enough? So what at what time, at what sort of size is your team at currently? Yes, we are five people. So we nice. are still small. <laughs> yeah, but it's yeah. still, I mean, it's still an awesome achievement. So how yeah. many, so you've got you, your brother, and is it like three editors or how is the setup? Yes. So we have two video editors okay. on top of that. Yeah. So also, you have to know my brother is working still on videos. Nice. So it's not like yeah. he's just the owner of a company. No, he's still everyday working. Nice. And then we have one person actually is a content curator. Okay. okay. So what he does is just go over all the Instagram and all the TikTok. Yeah. Just check everything every day and make sure that we are up to trends. Yeah. Because while the other people are deep in the work, yeah. we need also one guy to check like what's going on. Because nice. you cannot do both, right? Yeah. So, yeah. That's that's actually very important, the discovery part, right? Yeah. And I guess the next natural thing that I would kind of run into if I was in your shoes, I feel like everyone has their specific niche. For example, yeah. my channel is coding. Someone else, Mo, is a luxury brand. Yeah, somebody else could be cars, right? Um, how do you address their niche? For example, in the coding world, how would you address like working with myself and cracking that niche in the viral videos? Yes. Um, okay, so programming, first of all, is probably one of the most difficult niches to, yeah. to produce content in. Yeah. 
uh, I think Sangha, you are probably the biggest or one <laughs> of the biggest people in that niche. Thank you so much. Yeah. yeah. So me, when, when I would look at you, what I would do, I would just, first of all, make a market analysis. So I would just go over all the people in your niche. Yeah. Go over all their videos, see the stats and see what worked for them. Right. And then based on that, I would uh, draw concepts. Yeah. And find out ways to to make videos and scripts about topics and then I would submit them to you and we would make a video about it and hopefully it will go viral and then we have your first formula. Yeah. And then based on that we just come up with new formulas. Right. Yeah. Okay. So that's how I would how I would work with you. And how would you sort of handle obviously you could have the dream client who's like, yeah. I love it. Amazing stuff. And then you have the client who's constantly, I'll oh, change it, revision, revision. Yeah. How do you balance that to the point where you don't spend so much time because it has to be a cutoff, I guess, where you have to release something. How do you get that right, that juggle? That's a difficult one, yeah. right? Um, so I have also one thing. I have corporate clients yeah. and I have like private clients. Right. Me personally, I like to work more with private clients. Okay. Because corporate is, comes always with a lot of politics and you have to be careful about what you say and how you say it. Yeah. But um, to go, go back to your question, um, uh, we, um, for some reason, we didn't have this problem yet. Like most of our clients actually like the first take we, we do. Nice. It's strange, but it's like that, yeah. Okay. Maybe it is because I'm, I have like 620,000 followers yeah. on Instagram. And they just trust me yeah. with, my, with my style. Yeah. So I definitely yeah. think that is a big thing. And you have, the, like you said, you have an authority from that position yeah. um, to basically say, yeah, what we create actually works because it works for us, right? Yeah. Um, that's, that's awesome, man. Um, now, when it comes to your leads for the video agency, right? Yeah. So I know we spoke about the tactic as to how to get them. Do you do any paid ads or anything like that? Or is it all organic? So, no, I don't do any paid ads. Okay. So. Because the videos get so many views, like one of my latest videos got over 9 million views. Nice. Um, if I would awesome. have to, to pay for that amount of views, yeah. it would cost uh, a lot of money. Yeah. Especially in the luxury fashion niche because it's an expensive niche. Yeah. I think this is a key point because a lot of people, when I speak to them about how to grow their brand, the first thing they think is, I'm going to run ads. And I think... yeah. If you're going to get the same, if you, like you said, 9 million views on a viral video versus 9 million views paid ads, that's hugely different in cost, yeah. right? Yeah. yeah. So, um, yeah, what's your, what's your take? Yes, exactly. I, I feel also like I had some work experience. So I was working as a CMO in a real estate company nice. for a very brief period, only two months. Yeah. But it gave me so much experience. Mm -hmm. um, and there I was playing around with paid ads. Okay. Because it's always a great idea to... If you want to work with paid ads, go take a job somewhere yeah. and work there with paid ads because uh, 100%, you don't have to use your own capital. Yeah. Anyway, so what I learned from that is that, especially in the real estate space, paid ads is oversaturated. Yeah. And it's not working anymore because of the tracking. So right. a lot of the tracking options got removed by Apple. Yeah, I remember this happened. Yeah. So now the Facebook AI and algorithm cannot really track the right person anymore and then your ad doesn't convert and you are ending up with huge costs yeah so that's one side of the business and then then on top of that there are a lot of regulations yeah so for example in real estate you have housing re uh, regulations yeah so you cannot target anymore in the real estate space and then for other spaces like big more for example watches yeah you have problem with ip all the time right. so facebook gonna say like because it's not even a moderator yeah but it's like 
Facebook just does it directly. They say, okay, that's IP, that's a fake watch, even though it's a real watch. Yeah. So yeah, so Facebook ads is a really big headache. So I would, wouldn't recommend anyone to start with this. It's yeah. something you do as, I would say like your rocket already flying. Yeah. And you just add fuel. Yeah. That, that's how I see it. I think that's so important because a lot of people watching, I think, would actually be thinking the other way. Oh, I need to have money to pay for ads and get in that space. Yeah. But they're not seeing that. Yes, Facebook, even when we ran ads, it wasn't in my company. I did what you said. I worked for someone else who yeah. was paying for the ads. Um, and Facebook always takes it down for crazy reasons. It could be you're not allowed to use this word. You're not allowed to use this part in your picture. A anything controversial, you're not allowed. Uh, they have full control. Whereas a viral video, you basically have control over whatever you want to post. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I completely agree. And also, as a lot of people may not know this, but as data privacy sort of rules are kind of cracking down, Apple especially blocked a lot of the tracking, like you said. So yeah. what that means is, if, if anyone is confused as to what that means, is basically whenever your advert is shown to somebody and they buy through your ad, it can't actually attribute it. So it can't say that this actually led to a purchase which means that you have no idea as to if the ad is working or not, and you're just pumping money into it blindly. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. And that's, uh, like you said, it's basically lighting your money on fire and just throwing it away. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Unfortunately, it's like that. Yeah. Yeah. I think there's a way to get it right. I haven't found it. <laughs> um, yeah. So, yeah, I'm sticking with you on the organic side of things. Uh, okay. Let's imagine a, a standard channel right now is sitting at, let's say, you know, 5,000 followers, right? From your experience, from um, what you've sort of learned throughout the years, what's your take on it? How should they become viral? So you said create a viral video. How? Yes. Yeah. So I think I briefly touched already on this. Yeah. So you always have to split it up in niche, okay? In yeah. niches. Yeah. So first you have to know which niche you are in. Okay. okay. So if you are in the, let's say, coding niche or if you are in the fashion niche, yeah. you go out. And you check which accounts are in that niche and okay. then you analyze the content. Yeah. And then you try to recreate something similar. Okay. And um, keep in mind the trends. Okay? okay. Because one video might be about Apple Vision Pro. Okay. Yeah. But that was a thing maybe like two months ago. Okay. So I wouldn't speak about it now again. Okay. So once it's like coming back, like when they release it again and everyone starts to speak about it, then I would release the video. Right. Okay. You know, like when... The, when everything is in hype. Yeah. Because what we have to understand in this world is that we are not really in control of trends. Right. Trends are happening by the big media, by PR. Yeah. They are creating this hype. Yeah. And us as like smaller influencers or, or people just starting to try uh, to, to jump on it. Yeah. We cannot create a trend easily. Okay. Almost impossible. Yeah. So we have to jump on other people's trends right yeah okay that's how that's how i do it that's how i see it and that's like the main content right of the video yeah. are you directing people to a place so like a some kind of um call to action or something like that in each video at the end like you know whether it's as simple as you know like and follow for more or it's like click on the link in my bio to join the training or something like that would you say that's an important part yes so Actually, there's a lot of small strategies, so yeah. let's let's jump into them as well. Yeah. So, for one, there's one strategy where you would cut the video so that it loops. Okay. So oh yeah, yeah, I've seen this. Yeah. Yeah, maybe you saw it. Yeah. So then the algorithm picks up. Okay, the so if in a way it counts as two times views. Like, nice. So yeah. then the algorithm picks that up. Okay, the users watch this two times, so it's important. Let me push it. Okay. You know, 
and then one of course comments right so you want people to comment yeah and then you can put the cta at the end of the video yeah but i would say the best thing for getting people to comment isn't the ctas but it's like to be controversial nice yes. okay because sometimes you can feel a topic is a little bit controversial okay yeah so you just put your finger exactly in the wound yeah and boom people commenting again the algorithm picks it up yeah boom you are there and then in the fashion it's about uh, in fashion it's also a lot about beauty okay so if you get the beauty right you will get a lot of likes and likes as well so a lot of it is revolved around engagement and actually interacting with the post actually watching it for a certain amount of time yes also as well so that's a really important thing as well if you make like a video for 30 seconds or one minute if the algorithm sees that over 50 percent watch the video until the end yeah your video gets goes viral as well nice okay and, and that's where we come in so for our clients we really make it super concise super interesting make the cuts exactly how they are supposed to be yeah put the effects and everything and then they have like a masterpiece of video that will go organically super high and i've also kind of heard this from i can't remember who it was from but exactly but it was basically against you know like being too professional versus just a camera like I think it was Gary Vee was talking about it, but basically sometimes it's more powerful just to pick up a phone and just do a recording and then add a few overlays. And that's more relatable as opposed to like a high definition camera. Everything's perfect and polished. And what's your take on that? Is it, is it more towards relatable content, trendy content, or is it just a mix of anything really trying? Yes. So, okay. So that's a really good point actually. And it's something that I run into a lot. So I have these big corporate companies and some of them are in the luxury space, luxury travel, whatever. Mm -hmm. And they call, we make the video for them perfectly, okay? Okay. And then they come to us, yeah, but our branding team doesn't like it, and here and there. You know, yeah. social media nowadays is not about having like the cleanest branding and the most professional thing. It's about entertainment. Yes. So, exactly. and uh, that's then sometimes a roadblock, and sometimes contracts don't go through that. Really? Yeah. But that's in my hands uh, it's not in my hands right yeah and i don't want to end up in a situation where i produce videos that don't go viral so i'm yeah. just saying okay i'm out yeah, <laughs> yeah. which is a good a good way to be yeah yeah because i guess it's, it's more about that dopamine hit now they just want to watch a video get a sense of oh I, I learned something also that's pretty cool and then next yeah yeah and it's like um you know on twitter okay this completely different format but even elon musk on twitter he says all the time like uh the way he tweets, right? Yeah. He puts memes. He, he does whatever he wants. And yeah. he's the richest man in the world, right? Yeah. So he must be doing something right. Exactly, yeah. yeah. He's not following the traditional route of everything has to look perfect. Even Netflix yeah. now on the new Threads app, which we'll touch on, they're awesome technique. They've literally started, you know, it's memes, jokes, a lot of things. And everyone's like, is that really Netflix doing that? And it's, yeah. it's cracking it, but it gets a lot of attention. Exactly. Right? Which is really awesome. And that leads me to the next thing. What, okay, so you're in the social media space and especially the video agency editing. Um, what is it like embracing new tech? And let's talk about the new app, which actually got released yesterday from yes. Facebook, uh, Meta, um, Threads. Are you on Threads and how is that going to affect your business? Yes, so actually I've never been on Twitter okay. because it was just completely different medium yep. to, to what I used. And on threads, it just pulled me in. Yeah. So I'm, I'm on it since two days. Yeah. And yeah, it's uh, it's interesting. Um, I would actually rather support Twitter because I'm more like an Elon Musk uh, fan. And yeah. I, I like the way he does things with social media. Yeah. But yeah, on, on threads, I'm I'm active. I have already, I think, over 20,000 followers. On awesome, Twitter. man. Yeah. So it's working well. And I'm just 
doing my thing there. I'm, yeah. I don't know exactly what I'm doing yet, but let's see. And what's the future look like for you now? So in this space that you're in right now, how would you say you're going to evolve, grow? Is it scaling to bigger levels? Is it touching a new niche, new industry? Yeah. So the biggest threat for me in my business is that the landscape is constantly changing. Yeah. Right. Um, just a few years ago, there was no TikTok. There okay. was no short format. Yeah. So there was a lot of influencers doing just photos and stuff, and that doesn't work anymore. Yeah. So now there's videos. Mm. So I have to be very careful about the next thing that is coming. Right. Because if I don't, if I miss that out, this thing, it's just a window. It will not work forever. Right. So for me, it's constantly having an open mind and constantly checking what's going on. Yeah. And uh, evolving. Yes. And how did you spot the initial trend of short form content? Because Set, uh, starting at around 2013 is actually very early which is yeah. awesome to catch it then um, because it, it feels like in the mainstream of things it's only become hot over the past few recent years but you've caught it way before that no so actually 2013 i didn't do short format videos okay so 2013 i had a blog like i was posting photos and um it was like that time when everyone just posts nice clothes online and yeah you know, and th that worked at that time because I feel like the dopamine sensors uh, of people were not that oversaturated. Yeah. If, if nowadays you just post a nice watch or a nice uh, car, people don't care. Yeah. That's uh, it's unfortunate, but it's like that. Yeah. So then I was doing that, and actually, if you ask me, I wasn't definitely not the first person amongst the first person to jump on short format video. Yeah. I was, I would say, in the middle of it. Like right. When f when TikTok first came in. I, I thought it's going to be a failure. Yeah. But uh, yeah, then the, it proved me wrong. And again, it goes to, to the point you have to have an open mind. Whatever mm. is working, you have to jump on it because it's not you who are in control. Yeah. Let's talk about your sort of your journey to get to where you're at, the mistakes along the way. Yeah. Right. So obviously, as an entrepreneur, it's not all straight. It's not all, you know, like a smooth road up. Yeah. You, we've all made mistakes in the way. I've made tons. Um, yeah. So let's talk about some of your mistakes. And if you were talking to your younger self, what you would say, don't do that because you wasted a lot of time here or so forth. Yeah. Yes. Um, I, to be honest, I wouldn't tell myself like, don't do that because every experience has I to be I love that. Yeah. 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 So that's one. And I think something that for me, uh, I wasted a lot of time on was that a lot of times I would try to do something by myself. Okay. Versus trying to get someone, even to pay that person, yeah. to just do it for me. Yeah. Because when you pay someone, first of all, you trust someone. Yeah. And secondly, you give your blessings also to someone else. Mm -hmm. So because in the way, like we receive the blessings and we have to give them on. And that's how life works. That's how actually every successful person does it. Yeah. So once you do that, you're not, a lot of times I found out that you're not, a, you, you'll not only have this solved, your problem in front of you. Yeah. But also the person going to add extra things onto your plate. Yes. Things that you didn't uh, think about. Completely. Yeah. And I think in that process, you have to learn to let go of that perfection that we have in our own mind. Yeah. Because you'll be looking at the video thinking, I could have done this, I could have done that. But like you said, before you know it, they're adding things which you didn't even think of. Exactly. Right? And have you found that is your experience with your current team? Yeah. So also when I work with my clients, right? Yeah. So there's something it's called the IKEA effect. Okay. And the IKEA effect is basically like, let's say, Sangha, you and me, we, we're going to build this table. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Because we build it. Yeah. It's more valuable to us. Yeah. In a way. Right. Okay. But yeah. to a third person, it's like, what the fuck did they just uh, build here? Yeah. You know? 
So it, it's the same for videos. Like sometimes you just have to let it go. Right? I'm not the best. In my eyes, I'm maybe the best because we are all always thinking that we are good or the best or yeah. whatever. You know, we are the main character in our movies. Yeah, exactly. That's always how I see it. Yeah. And um, if we build it, we think it's great. But you know, if someone else builds it, it might be much better. And obviously, over time, like especially in the recent, I'd say, year and a bit. AI is coming big, right? So oh, you've yes. got a lot of these AI video editing apps. Yeah. Um, do you feel that A, is that a threat to you? Or and B, do you use that in your day-to-day -day operation? Yes. Um, so AI at the moment isn't, uh, is not at the level where it replaces us or can replace any professional. Yeah. It is good, but it's just not the highest amount yet. Yeah. But where I see it's very useful is like a, a site... Um, like an employee that like a low level employee that can do stuff for you. Yeah. Basically that's it. So let's say you want to translate something from French to English because yeah. there's a video in French that you really like. Mm -hmm. You just put it in ChatGPT and he will translate it. Right. Then the sentence comes out a bit long. Yeah. So you give a, uh, send in another prompt you say okay I want the sentence to be small. Yeah. Then ChatGPT does all that. Nice. Or even you have like a long um, so, and you want something to be summarized. Boom, ChatGPT does that. So it accelerate stuff nice but it's not really um it's not yet useful enough for us to to just let it go yeah and to replace us and i feel like if it's gonna replace my team mm -hmm. then it's gonna replace pretty much every industry i agree <laughs> i agree i think everyone needs to relax with the takeover mindset yeah because i think i i'm literally with you in the sense of we use it as a low-level employee Yep. All the mundane tasks, the tasks which take long, the which it, like AI can just smash out. Yep. Um, even to the degree of, for example, timestamping a long video. Yep. Um, sometimes we'll just throw the transcript in there and that gives us a starting point for transcripting it, right? Uh, exactly. Timestamping it. We won't trust it completely, but yep. it's like it, it shortcuts it a little bit. So you save a bit of time. Your, your main direction now, it's focused around growing your business or is it focused around starting something else where, where are you at so my biggest problem at yeah. the moment is so am i going to become strong as an influencer yeah so on social media with over six hundred twenty thousand followers yeah or am i going to focus more on the business side of things okay so at the moment the business side of things does a lot of things for me in a monetary sense yeah but uh, a social media agency for videos isn't really the best business to be in for a long term yeah so yeah, I'm trying to balance it out. So let me get a little bit of monetary gain here yeah. while also building that here so that in the future, I'll be able to find new ways to profit off the audience that I build. Awesome. And, and that's also um, an advice I give to everyone in the coding space or where, wherever your subscribers are yeah. from. Uh, build an audience. It's really, really worth it in the end. Yeah. yeah, I completely agree with that. I think a lot of the time we tend to basically want to create a product with no audience or yep. or no sort of direction it's just kind of i think this is cool and that's it i think the best way to kind of grow something really valuable to the world is either a grow an audience and then you have an audience to literally tell you what they want yep. and b solve a problem that exists yes. in the current world yes right? exactly yeah that's a, a very good point i feel i feel like in the coding space like as you know i i had my own app yeah so i i thought about it many times and for me it was always like so there's two ways. Either you work with your own audience yeah. or you raise capital. Yeah. Yeah. So these two. So yeah. yeah. So guys, if one of these two 
<laughs> yeah. And I think I think the biggest thing really there is one is hard to access, right? Investing yeah. getting capital and venture capitalism yeah. is a, it's quite a difficult domain to venture like, navigate through. Starting your own audience is doable by anyone. You yeah. can start making your videos, become viral and literally start forming something out of nothing, which yeah. is amazingly powerful. And that presents something which wasn't possible like 10 years ago even. Yeah. Exactly, yes. Very good point. So it's opening up a lot of doors for especially smaller creators, people just getting started. Yeah. And I would say if you want to raise capital, yeah. it's always also nice to build relationships first. Nice. So if you have some B2B connections yeah. and people that trust you, yeah. that can help you enormously in raising capital. Uh, we actually have a little bit of a, a fun round. So we have Done. kind of a little sort of quick question Done. round. Done. Right, so in this case, right, so we're going to jump through some quick fire questions. Now, what I want you to do is literally first thing that comes to your mind, okay, fire away. I right? hope I'm good at it. <laughs> so this one's more kind of to help everyone out. What's your video editing software? What do you use? Uh, Adobe Premiere Pro. Premiere Pro. Okay, yeah. cool. And would you stick with that if you had to start again? Or would you choose something else? No, I stick with that. Okay. I like Adobe. Um, how do you balance creativity and meeting your client expectations when you're editing a video? Um... <laughs> that's a difficult one but yeah. I try to do it faster okay? yeah. um, I try to get my stuff to do like two videos per day Okay. and then uh, that's like our target okay yeah. right, so two videos per day and then are you sort of iterating on those videos in that day as well so saying the feedback sort of cycle yeah so per, per stuff there's like two videos and yep. um so the total outcome will be like six videos per day. Okay. And um, yeah, so we then we submit them and then they might come back, but usually it's quick fixes. So, yeah. Okay, nice. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that awesome, man. Awesome. Yeah. What's the most, I, I, I think I love this question the most. Okay. What's the most rewarding part of running your video edi editing agency and or your own business? The most rewarding part is to be able to work with my brother next to each other. That's awesome. And, yeah. you know, wake up whenever you want start your work whenever you want, do what you want, you know, because for me, it's, it was never to be working in office or waking up and go to my job. That, that was for me, it's the biggest blessing, yeah. especially living here in Dubai. Yeah. Yeah. Did you find that you had a natural inkling for this from the get go? Yes. Uh, because of social media, because okay. I'm just someone I like to curate. Yeah. So I like to watch trends. I like to analyze everything. Yeah. So, yeah. Even working for yourself, though, did you feel like you always were going to work for yourself or was it something that evolved over time? Yes. So I've always been a little bit of a rebel. So yeah. also in school, I was always had the worst grades. At some point, I just uh, stopped school. I just dropped out. Then I go in again. But yeah, I was never like a corporate person. I was never a person in the system. So yeah. For me to do my own things, my own creativity was always the, my choice. And if you could help out, so let's try and pick one key piece of advice, right? So if somebody, you know, we've got a lot of people who watch this who have really big dreams of starting something of their own, yeah. whether it's a video editing agency, whether it's a YouTube channel, whatever venture they want to jump into. <clears throat> In terms of their like key advice as to how and why to get started. Yes. So actually some mistake that I did and that I would uh, recommend someone to not do is to say, I will never work a job. I will just start my own business. Okay. I learned in two months working in the job, was my only job and my first job. Yeah. I learned so many things that made me successful today. Yeah. And that would have taken so much time to just work outside the job. The way you have to see it is like, I go in, 
I grab all the experience. Yeah. I grab all the way things are working and organized. Yeah. I take that out and I go out. Yeah. Whatever is the salary is like if it's a salary of five thousand dollars, ten thousand dollars, still you have to go out. Yeah. Because potentially you scale, can scale it up. Yeah. So you go in to the corporate world and you go out. That's it. Yeah. But the going out part is where most people <laughs> yeah. the failing. Yeah. I, I love that because I even teach yeah. our students that in our own course. And I say, right. forget the salary. You're going in for experience. So, uh, and I even recommend don't even stick around for too long in one place, because if you find that you've got all the experience and the learning points, just you can, there's no fear or there's no, nothing wrong in hopping in three years. I think I hopped between four jobs, including three startups and two corporates. And I just took every bit of knowledge I could, every mentor I could get mentored by at those companies I did. And I learned so much in two years. I think it was about two and a half years. And then yes. that's, like you said, it saved me years of, of sort of learning on my own and this and that. Yep. And, uh, and then when you sort of take that final leap yourself, let's address that. So uh, again, like uh, I, I know we kind of exited the quick fire round because it's quite interesting. But when you took that leap to start your own thing, yes. what, how did you conquer that fear of I'm going to fail or that scary part of jumping? Oh, it was really difficult, to be honest, Yeah, because you have your money in yeah. your account coming in. And uh, for me, it was, I believed in abundance. So I just believed that there's millions just going around in this economy. And all you have to do is make a sale. Yeah. Yeah. So that's how I see it. I love that. Yeah. Yeah. That's powerful, man. Yeah. Yeah. So that was literally that that one holding on to that literally supported you to your jump. Yes. And then also the fact that um, I was always an entrepreneur. So yeah. for me, maybe I started my journey as an entrepreneur. I also made money previous to my job. Yeah. And then um, I had the job and I knew I could always get back to that. Yeah. So maybe that played in the world. I mean, it's always different for each person. So yeah, uh, I feel like you just have to have your strategy in mind. You have to know, like, I want to get, get there. Yeah. And eventually you will get there. Yeah. Like 100%. Yeah, and um, the only thing I also and a big uh, advice from my side is always put yourself big targets. Yeah, tell yourself like, okay, I'm going to be the person making thirty thousand dollars a month. Yeah, and trust me, you're going to be that person one day. I completely agree. Yeah, that's it, man. You have to. You have to. If you say I'm going to set five thousand a month or something like that, it's uh, it could be big to a lot of people. But I would say, like you said, thirty thousand a month. Just say it, and you will literally get there. Exactly. And you'll find a way. You'll be around the right people. That kind of thing. And before we kind of you know come to a kind of a, a closing point. I want to talk more about, um, you know, how we initially met. So firstly, yep. if everyone's seen the other episode on Big Mo, that's how basically I ended up meeting Matthew. So big uh, Matthew actually handles a lot of the video editing for Big Mo. Um, and I think it's so important, and Dubai is a really awesome place for this, to expand your network to like-minded individuals. Yes. So other people who you can literally witness, like me hearing your story right now inspires the hell out of me even right and uh and then i would then go ahead and you know try and push my business further you know kind of do that kind of thing and just putting yourself in that circle of people who are really pushing boundaries would you say that's an important point yes yes it's a uh, very important so also something the location where you live is very important so yeah. uh, i would me coming from a small country very yeah. small like we have over almost six hundred thousand um, people that's it yeah <laughs> so that's what i have in followers now yeah <laughs> is it only six, is it six hundred thousand yes. oh wow okay yeah I imagine so yeah um now moving to dubai having those people around yeah. having those visions right dubai is a place they're gonna say oh we built the highest tower yeah 
no one in the room is going to say, oh, it's impossible. Yeah. Everyone's going to say, okay, let's do it. Yeah, yeah. Like, <laughs> so true. Know? It's so easy. Everything is easy here. Yeah. So the mindset is just so open. Yeah. And I feel like the entry of the barrier of entry here is actually not that high. Yeah. Like, um, for example, if you want to start a business in the UK, uh, first of all, are you a UK citizen or not? Yeah. If you are not, you have to move there. You have to take care of your visa, all the stuff. Okay. Yeah. But anyway, let's say you started there. You have to do your accounting. Yeah. So that's going to be one more uh, someone that you have to actually pay to do all your books and all yeah. the audits and everything. Yeah. Right. And then you have all the taxes. So this is these are those are things that are actually a high entry barrier. Yes. Here in Dubai, everyone can do what he wants and go in and do something creative. Yeah. So yeah, that's why I believe this is the right place and it's getting more and more clear. Yeah. yeah. Guys, he's saying absolute facts. That is so true okay. because even in the UK, the accounting, I remember I was just trying to grow a business yep. and I had to learn about all the accounting, the taxes, and then you're not accounting properly for taxes, which then you get a big surprise on your first year when you have a tax bill. Yep. Second year, you smarten up or you may not. The point is, is that there's so much that you have extra weight you have to carry. Dubai it was effortless, right? Exactly. Once it, once obviously the setup can be, you know, depending on how you set up, it can be, you know, hit or miss. But once you're set up, it's fairly a case of now go do your thing, yeah, uh, and they support it. Exactly. Um, and and you have it's a service driven sort of location, so everything is catered to you in some degree. So yeah. you literally can just focus on that one thing, which is growth, and yeah. and with that attracts the right people, I guess, right? Yeah. So yeah. So me coming from Europe actually in 2018. Uh, I always had this thought in mind, wait a second, I'm sure I missed some law or something because it was that easy. You know, yeah. I was like, don't I have to pay like some social or something pension? Or yeah. Something? No, nothing. Zero. <laughs> so yeah, yeah. That's why yeah. I love it. And um, yeah, it, it gives a big uh, opportunity to a lot of creatives and uh, it's, I'm blessed to be here. Awesome, man. I just want to say as well, thank you so much for taking the time out to come on the show. Um, if, if everyone wants to check out your, your channel, your yeah. sort of socials, how can they find you? So, yeah, you can find me on Instagram by typing at designer community and then on TikTok as well at designer community and YouTube, same, uh, same handle everywhere. That's yeah. it. I'm sure by the time, you know, people are watching this, you're going to be at 700, 800 million yeah. in no time. So, uh, it's absolute pleasure bringing you on it's and, uh, I can definitely imagine we're going to have more calls in the future or group calls. Um, so yeah I look forward to it thank let's you so much connect, dude. let's build our network here in Dubai. that's it awesome thank you. thank you so much guys this is your boy Sunny and if you liked and, and enjoyed this episode make sure you like subscribe follow all the socials you know how it is and otherwise we will see you in the next episode peace